This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoklela. Welcome to you, Lions. Thank you very much, Gary, and to our podcasters. Welcome to uh, Cliff Central. Yeah. <laughs> Lions, yeah. our show today is about whether adult survivors of child abuse can drag the bastards that abuse them to court years or even decades after it happened. Gary, this is a very, very, very serious topic and especially in our communities and I hope that people, our podcasters would actually start taking action and make it a point that they do approach the legal, uh, for uh, legal people for, for legal help in this regard. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah, Lanz, uh, I think what we want to explore is what is open to someone that was abused many, many years ago, even now, but we're going back in time here, and whether they're entitled to both civil and criminal uh, relief, whether they could get both. As always, Gary, this show, we always bring the best of the best, the Rolls Royce of the legal minds to come and really simplify this complicated and sometimes complex situations just so that every single person understands. Yeah, the, one of the Rolls Royce of attorneys that has helped, and you'll hear as we go along, many people that uh, haven't come out uh, with abuse, they can now. Our guest in studio today is an attorney in Santon City. His name is Ian Levitt. Welcome to you, Ian. Thank you, gentlemen. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Some of the stories that are surfacing recently, lines are so sad and cruel and hateful mm-hmm. that I kind of feel it's my duty to highlight them and to offer remedies that are available in law. Kudos to you, Gary. And I think a lot of these things needs to be spoken about because most of this stuff, they're never spoken about and they're just really swept under the carpet. And later on, people still are, are affected by the trauma and the the treatment that they actually had received, which was un, ungodly. Mm. Yeah. As you know, um, to our listeners and you, you two lines, these shows are presented in collaboration with Legal Talk South Africa, oh, yeah. and their Facebook page exceeds 185,000 people. Wow, that's great. I mean, we seem to be growing every week. Yeah. On, on the, <clears throat> excuse me, lines on that very subject, I've pulled off their web, off their Facebook page, some of the postings that have been made by their members and, uh, they, here's one, Lines. It is, it is absolutely heart-wrenching. It was placed on Legal Talk South Africa by a woman who gives her full names and her profile. profile. Her name is Aisha. And after she placed this uh, posting, there were tons of comments, literally running into dozens and dozens of comments, and people were sharing and discussing it and doing whatever. It's a posting that clearly touched the hearts of the 185,000 people. Mm-hmm. It is so touching, Lines, that I'd like to read the whole post. So please to do. you, Aisha, if you're listening, please listen to this. She wrote it. And I may get a bit tearful, but I don't know why, but it's the way it is. No, it's she always says, emotional. Yeah, yeah. It's always she says, emotional. hi, everyone. I was molested when I was very young. I never told anyone until a year and a half ago. I lived 
in an abusive household so it didn't shock me when my granny and mother said it's not their problem and that I had asked for it. Anyway, I told my sister and she was molested too by our uncle. I'm just wondering, should I lay charges? I was molested a few times, but I can only remember one time very specifically and in detail. Now, before I get insulted or people wonder why I haven't spoken up, well, there is no evidence. All there is is my memories and the emotional trauma it caused me. This very man lives around the corner by me, she says, and my granny and mom always defend him to the death. Shame. I'm a bit doubtful because it would be his word against mine. And she says, if you want to say a bad thing or insult me, please scroll on. I get insulted and sworn at on a daily basis. I don't need strangers who know nothing about me or my situation to insult me. And then following out lines, there were, as I said, dozens of replies. Rochelle, who also gives her surname, she says, I was also abused by a close relative. I kept it secret for over 27 years. Wow. I only told my husband, and finally I told my mom and dad last year. Sure. I always believed that my mom and dad wouldn't believe me. Ooh. But they didn't hesitate to take me into their arms. Oh, shit. And of course... Fighting with me for carrying this burden by myself. Mm. The emotional damage and the insecurities are the worst. My husband has been so understanding. It is really important to talk about this. I'm wow. finally, she says, taking the step to get counseling because I still get nightmares. It happened when I was four and continued till I was nine. How could people do this? Gary, uh, we live in a very sick society. I, uh, that's all I can just say We live in a very sick society And people uh, She says I remember every detail I don't know if a person can fully recover from this But please speak to someone She says and Then comes Patricia He also gives her full names She says I know where you're coming from I was also molested as uh, a kid by my stepfather I only opened up in my 30s My mom went to her deathbed not knowing Or she did and never let me know Shucks so, Lines, I find these stories so amazing that these wonderful women have found the strength to come out yeah. and talk about their abuse in an open forum. No, it's good yeah. that they are actually talking about it. And to all of these women, we commend you for your bravery. We commend you for your stories. And we would like to say on behalf of Gareth Cliff, uh, I mean Cliff Central, we believe you. And there are many, many other young girls and men who actually have gone through this. But since they are just fearful of actually not knowing how to talk about it because of your bravery, they will draw some inspiration from that. And, you know, uh, justice will be. Just yeah, they, you know, line they give their names to 185,000 people. That's full. right. They give it full. They give their profile. They give their pictures of their children. They've given everything. And it they've come have, out and they've said, I've been through this. This is who I am. Yeah, it must have really taken yeah. something out of to, them to, to, to be to, to be that brave. Yeah. I mean, it, you've got to be brave to actually revisit their trauma and be able to speak about it and regain your own strength back. Because it's by talking about it that you can actually be in the position of power. I and think, Lance, we, we need to thank these women for reliving certainly, those nightmares, certainly. which I'm sure are absolutely devastating. But the world is a better place for you 
having done so. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh. To those men and women who may be living with their own dark secrets, and there's so many of them, mm. please don't be afraid to come out no, uh, and talk about your own abuse. Remember, even if you may not think so, and as you said, Lyle, we actually believe you. Yeah, we do. We really do. We do. Yeah. We do. So you are all strength in numbers. If you come out in, in force, um, it's going to be for the best. We have to curb the abuse of our children in this country, no matter what. Certainly, because I just cannot imagine how their children are feeling right at this point in time. Because sometimes the trauma just plays out and they take it out on the innocent children who haven't done anything just because they don't know how to manage the trauma and the anguish that they might be going through. But... All I can just say, love to all of them, and we just really commend the strength and power that they've actually taken over their lives. Um, We need to really start talking about this. We definitely have to do something about this because it is actually affecting communities. It's affecting our country. It's affecting us as individuals and the people that we love. Let's talk to Ian Levitt Lines. Ian, your case has made national and international headlines, and your clients are now adults and they were allegedly indecently and sexually assaulted by the same person between the years 1970 and 1989. We're going back many years. What were the ages of your, of your clients as children when this abuse happened? So, Gary, the ages were from approximately six all the way to the ages of 13. What was the relationship between the, those little ones and the abuser? Well... There's eight plaintiffs. It's interesting that you uh, mentioned uh, the how many are involved. There are eight plaintiffs who were who felt empowered enough um, to be, to put their names on a legal document for all the world to see. Mm. I consulted with many, many, many more who, even to the extent that somebody phoned me yesterday. Um, and said, I've been meaning to phone you for a couple of years. I saw the, the, um, the win in the constitutional court. I don't want to be a plaintiff, but I'm certainly happy to give you, um, evidence and to guide you in a particular avenue, to, um, because it's still being denied, even though Frankel's dead, it's still being denied that it actually happened. I mean, it's so overwhelming, uh, evidence, mm. but, um, the the relationship are you saying between the parties between the plaintiffs? Well, between uh, between the plaintiffs and this this and and Frankel. Yeah. So they were. You want to just mention who Frankel is, and this is according to the court papers. Sure. Yeah. So Sidney Frankel was uh was known as a, a a philanthropist. He he was a very an extremely powerful wealthy man. He he led at one stage the biggest um, stock brokerage um, in South Africa. Um, it is said that he helped broker the, the peace talks in the, in late eighties and early nineties with the, the past and the present government. I mean, this, you're talking about a man whose, whose reputation was diametrically opposite to who he really was. Mm. Um, the relationship with, so often what happens, and I've seen it with, uh, uh, all the, 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 the survivors of, that have come forward to me is that the perpetrator is, and I like the word that you use actually a bastard. Uh, that's, that's how I view it quite frankly, is that, um, the, the, they have a, a, a sense of power over the, the, the survival of the victim at the time. And that's what allows them to, to groom or to encourage or to get them to trust him. Mm-hmm. So what happens is it's not, as I've, I've often said, it's not the, the flasher behind the, the alleyway wall behind 
checkers who tries to catch you and molest you in the alleyway. This is somebody who takes his time. He's a predator. He looks at you to see that this is a prey I want to catch. And he takes his time and he's got stealth and he's watching you all the time. If he, <clears throat> if he believes that you're going to fight back, and this is one of the, 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 the people that have come to see me who's not a plaintiff, that he'll fight back, then he'll back off. He'll actually back off. But if he sees that he'll be able to, to seal the deal, so to speak, he will take you down. Mm-hmm. And um, in all the, the, the incidences, it was uh, it was uh, the family member. It was outside, um, it was a, a friend of the, the the parents, a very close friend of the parents. Um, the one that was uh, the mother was the the long the long serving uh, secretary to Frankel himself at at his business, and but uh, mainly it was so from that perspective it was for the employ the employer. The mother was the, the employee, so it was the power of the money. Mm-hmm. And the other times it was the family friend who was told by the parents. The parents let him be around the children in the bathroom. And uh, why else wouldn't you trust a person like this? And and so that was the position of power. When the f- now, they're now adults, all of them, obviously, uh, what are the ages of them now, roughly, across the board? So they're in their 40s and yeah. 50s. When they first came to see you, um, they wanted to attack the abuser on two fronts. First of all, they wanted to try and get him convicted criminally, and they wanted to then sue him. No, absolutely not. They, no. What did they want to do? They only wanted to – they said they did not want him to die being known as a hero and a peacemaker and a giver to society uh, rather than the the person who creates um, chaos and detracts from society and destroys society for who he allegedly was, mm. so they said they want him exposed uh, for for who he, who he is or was mm. as he's passed away, and uh, they only wanted to press ahead with criminal charges. The civil case only came later because. At, uh, after doing some research, it's, it was clear that the criminal case had prescribed. Mm. So there was no avenue other than instituting a civil case against him, which has its own uh, inherent problems, which we can discuss if you well, want. Let's, we will. Let's just talk about the criminal aspect. Yes. They came to you many years after, 20 years after the incidents. Yes. What was the law at the time when they came to see you first? So to put it simply, any sexual assault that was not rape or compelled rape, prescribed or lapsed, or you couldn't prosecute that case if it had taken more, the, if the occurrence of that crime had taken more than 20 years before you had laid the charge. So if you had gone to the police, or did you go, the police would have said, we, we can't accept this matter, it's 20 years post. Well, that's exactly what we did. Yes. So we needed to tell the court exactly why we're there. That our, that our client rights had been infringed. So yeah. we laid charge, criminal charges, yeah. and all eight criminal charges that were laid with the, the National Pros- Prosecuting Authority declined to prosecute simply on the basis that um, the 20-year period had come and gone. What did you then do? What, when we received this, it's what's called a certificate nolli prosequi, which means a certificate uh, evidencing a, a declining to prosecute by the National Prosecuting Authority. We then decided, we, we were told, well, in fact, one of the plaintiffs was told several years ago that um, when he was approached um, by one of the plaintiffs to, to assist in his, um, his healing, 
Mm. In, in at that stage, it was just uh, he was told by a psychologist to approach his abuser and to to assist in his healing. And um, the, the Frankel, through his then attorney, or is still is his attorney, Gundelfinger, indicated that he had um, that he was terminally ill. So that was as far back as I think it was 2014. And where I'm getting to is we wanted to ensure that if the, uh, the Constitutional Court awarded, um, uh, uh, ordered in favor of us that we, there would still be time to prosecute him before he died. Mm. So what we did is we, we approached the, the Constitutional Court, what, what's called uh, on the basis of direct um, direct access. Did you not go to the High Court in Johannesburg first? No, no. So what happened yes. is specifically because we 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 thought a new year's ill. We wanted we wanted to try avoid the one and a half years that would mm. otherwise had to be undertaken if uh, we would needed to to proceed with declaring that section unconstitutional. Mm. We were quite. It's the only time that we've ever been despondent because the Constitutional Court said no. Um, only about five percent of of cases. That go to the court on direct access are actually given dire- direct access. Mm. One famous one uh, point in, in in case is the Kandler case. So, but anyway, the the constitutional court said no, didn't uh, dismiss it. Said we're not uh, going to allow this to be direct access. Effectively, go the long route. Mm. Uh, we then had to redraw up the papers, and we then went to the high court. The high court in in Johannesburg, it was correct. The matter was argued at length, wasn't it? I mean, there were senior counsel all over the place. What happened in the High Court? Yeah, it, it was absolutely. It was argued in length. It was very. Length. It's a very acrimonious case, wasn't it? Uh, very between, much. So. Very I mean, much there was so. no love lost between you and your opponent, is there? No, uh, no, definitely not. Um, uh, um, the Mr. Frankel was still alive when it was heard in the High Court. He he then had passed away. He had passed away. So by then he had passed away. At uh, by the time we had all the papers had been exchanged and a and a date for the hearing of the application had been obtained and the hearing of the the application he had passed away. So we would have liked to have obviously had gotten direct access, but uh, it is what it is, and we could have prosecuted him. But he probably would have passed away during the prosecution anyway. So we went to the High Court. Who was your advocate? Uh, Anton Katz. And did he argue the constitutional court case as well? Correct. Okay. He's from? Anton Katz is from the Cape Bar. All right. Why did you use him as a matter of interest? I've used, I've used him before in, yeah. um, administrative type, uh, matters and, um, a, a, a constitutional type matters, extradition, yeah. uh, matters of that, of that nature. He's very he's smart, isn't he? Extremely smart. He's, mm-hmm. br- he's, a, he's a brilliant mind and he had the passion for this case. He, yeah. He, you know, it's, it's very, as you would know, you need to find a counsel that, that is passionate about the case. Yeah. You need to find an attorney that's passionate about the case and a counsel that's passionate about the case. And he was, there was nothing that was too much for him. He was also prepared to do it on a pro bono. He was, he was right up there whenever we needed him. Wow. What was the attitude of, of the plaintiffs? How are they emotionally through this process? How did they deal with it? So the, I must tell you that from the first time that I saw them to pretty much the, um, let's say a couple of months ago speaking to them, there's been a sea change in their, in the entire being. They, 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 from, from sitting with each other to, to talking to each other to be able to just hear that they're not alone, mm-hmm. that other people were also caught in the trap, that they, they weren't 
that they confirmation that they weren't to blame. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the whole essence of why it takes so long to to report uh, sexual abuses because the whole dynamic is you 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 com- complicit in inverted commas in the crime. So if you com- this is the thought process I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So if you complicit in the crime, why would you go report it? Would yeah. a mm-hmm. person that drives a robber to the to the bank to rob a bank go report it to the police? Mm-hmm. No, you, you're not going to. You're going to keep it the deepest darkest secret, and that is why. The, from a, uh, and we're going to get there, I understand, but from the civil perspective, the three-year period, and, uh, and I'll get more into that, is only when the person, the plaintiff, contemplates that a crime has been committed against them, they know, mm. that they're no longer to blame for what happened. Okay, so you, you were striving to get the criminal prosecution going. Absolutely. Um, but the, 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 the accused, really, if I may call him that, yes. is passed away during this whole thing. Correct. But you still wanted the law changed. So the, the law was, the, the, the application was brought in the public interest as well. It mm. was, um, in fact, they tried to, to, to argue it, um, not very successfully, of course, that because, um, the, uh, person had, the, the suspect or the, the, had passed away, that it, beca- it had become moot. Mm. But it, the, the argument didn't go very far because a, an application like that is in the public interest, which it obviously certainly is, and the matter proceeded to I argue. guess you could have bailed out. <clears throat> Once the person had passed away, um, there was no purpose for your case except as a public interest case, unless your clients were intent on on seeing whether the, the, the criminal prosecution could go through. So, Gary, that's a very powerful point that you raised because – you know, once uh, and and once the the eight had decided to put their name on the on the piece of paper, they all expressed it in many, 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 many times. And and I knew this from the first instruction that it was only about the criminal, that they were there for a, a purpose greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. When he passed away, it was never a well. Can't we somehow um, get some uh, money and run away, or something? get some money to run away, yeah. or keep it quiet? I don't like the, the, the my name has been mentioned all over the place every single day. It's a terrible reminder. There was never even the discussion raised. It was always press on, press on. This is an important case. Let's. Let, it's, it was. Always, they it's commendable of them. Lines, I think, extremely. That's what we need. They've changed the whole face of the law. Yes. So the 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 High Court decided what? So the High Court declared the Section 18 of the call it the 20 year period unconstitutional Mm. um, for for a number of for a number of reasons. They said, for example, um, in in determining the irrationality of of the section, what. The, the the effect of let's call it rape which doesn't prescribe mm. and sexual assault which does prescribe mm. the the in, instead of the, the 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 basis for for distinguishing that was perhaps that one there's more violence and one there's less violence mm. but the studies will show that the effect of rape or sexual assault is the same uh, are exactly the same one hundred percent so it was irrational to distinguish between the two. The, the 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 delaying in reporting, whether it's rape or sexual assault, is exactly the same. Yeah. The effect on the victim is exactly the same. So why then have this arbitrary or or irrational separation of what uh, prescribes at twenty years in one day and what you can always go and and prosecute for? Mm. Who took the case to the constitutional court? Did you? Did your opponent? Or did it have to go in order to get stamped? 
Okay, so we we did, and yeah. that is because it had to be rubber stamped by the Constitutional Court. Yeah. It's it's a, it's not a full argument, but it's it's not a rubber stamp. So it's, it certainly was a good couple of hours arguing more technical the, uh, issues of um, the twenty four year twenty uh, four month um, period that the uh, that, that Parliament has. The, the, has the right now to, to amend the law, mm. um, things like that, but certainly not the merits of the matter. There were how many judges in the Concord? 11. Wow. You were there? Yeah, absolutely. It must have been a marvelous experience knowing that they were, were they in your favor? Could you, was it, was it, could you feel it that the judges were with you? Yes. Did they hammer your opponent or you, you kind of as a lawyer, we know when cases are going our way very often. They actually hammered cats quite a bit oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> at what at what point? What uh, it was largely to deal with, um, as I said earlier, not so much the merits of the matter, but so mm-hmm. far as the interim, what's called the reading in, yeah. which means what happens now in the 24 months mm-hmm. that Parliament has the opportunity to amend the law. So it was more technical in nature and that uh, they were arguing with him. Uh, but certainly not on the merits of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the minister came up also for some flack because they said, well, they, they carried on with the line of, well, some sexual, uh, assault matters or some s- sexual crimes mustn't prescribe in terms of what they called, I thought it was bizarre, victimless crimes. So you would think, mm. for example, necrophilia or bestiality, things like that. Mm. But I mean, it was quite a bizarre argument, which really, if you, if you look at the judgment, wasn't even entertained uh, at any meaningful level. Mm-hmm. So it was t- really technical uh, issues. Um, but um, uh, Frank, I mean, yeah, Frankel's uh, with the state's attorney, Gunderfinger, um, argued, uh, his counsel argued vigorously to avoid a costs order against them. Did they get one against them? No, the appeal was dismissed as a uh, mm. costs order against the estate. Okay. And because they, uh, for a large part initially, they, they opposed the application while he was alive. Yes. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, it was obviously going to be serious uh, consequences. Have you taxed that bill yet as a matter of interest? No, that's going to take some time, probably at least another. It needs to be taxed um, quite substantially. There's a constitutional court. And, would, you, uh, would you like to give an estimate as to what the cost could be that – that's the tariff cost. Yeah, you see, it's the tariff yeah, it's the hard, cost. Hard, so it's yeah. the medical aid yeah. as opposed to your actual costs. Yeah. But um, it could probably be maybe 300,000 rand for the whole oh, really? for the whole thing. Yeah. Were your clients in court when the matter was argued? So Where do they live, the, the plaintiffs? Yeah. Correct. So six of the eight do not live in Johannesburg. Uh, yeah. four, four of them live overseas, America okay. and Israel, and um, there's one in South America. Mm. Um, there's two in Cape Town and two in Johannesburg. Mm. Um, so the two in Johannesburg were, were at court. Is there mm. one that was the actual driving force behind this, or would you say they all teamed up? So there's, there, there is one, I'd say, who coordinates everything. They're all, all very much committed. Uh, mm. It's the Nikki Levenstein, who's mm. the first plaintiff. She lives in Israel. Okay. She's the sister of the second plaintiff, Paul Diamond. They didn't even know that it had happened to them until – not so long before the summons was issued. Oh, really? So, so there brother, was brother and sister were both abused by the same man. Correct. Wow. Jeepers. Yeah. At the same time. At, <laughs> so at the t- same time. So the oh. so what happens is the the um the 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 plaintiffs the third and fourth it's the Rosenbergs that the that the Frankel was a close family friend and and the diamonds were were f- uh, f- 
same age and friends with them. Mm. And Frankel would, for example, with the, with the two boys would go into the bath when they was bathing and, um, use an empty Coke bottle to show this is how you masturbate in the, in the bath. And, you know, this is when they're six, seven years old. Mm. And, um, and Nicky, it was when a lot of abuse, sexual abuse took place at, uh, his farm, Frankel's farm. Mm. They alleged that he, um, he would, he would penetrate with his finger. He would, he would, wow. yeah, no, he would, uh, say, he, for example, he wanted to rub tick ointment into their, um, private, their, vagina, their vaginas to say that it helps him so they won't get ticks. It was really, what? really evil Shit. incarnate stuff. Oh. Wow. Really, really well, evil incarnate. How long did it take for the judges to give that decision, the Concord judges? To give the final judgment. We'll get quite nervous because mm. we argued in, I think it was September last year. Yes. And, um, other, other arguments or cases that were argued, um, after that, the judgments had already come in. Mm. So we were, we were concerned that there may be a split decision. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the judgment was unanimous. Mm. Uh, to get 11 judges to agree wow. on one thing is something. One, yeah, 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 exactly. No kudos. Yeah. Well exactly. done. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. How did you break the news to your clients? That, first of all, the two were there. Okay. Oh, you mean when it came out last week? Yes. So I was in Moscow. So, so we, we, I oh, was really? in Moscow and yeah. I had a, got a tweet for, for, for the football. For the so, football, yeah. Okay. So I, I had a, got a tweet from, or Katz, advocate Katz told me that, showed me a tweet that judgment was coming out the following day. Yes. And of course, I had my one of my attorneys who were working on the the matter with me, with me Angelique Cheryl Lambus, told her to robe up mm. and go get the judgment herself, and mm. it went wild. I mean, it was just, it was just, everybody was waiting for it. Mm. So, it wasn't so much as uh, me breaking it to them, but they were they all knew as it was happening. So, the law officially, according to the Concord, which is it, is that there is no prescription. That's it. Where does this uh, statute of limitation, American term, do we yes. use it here as well in South no, Africa? prescription. Prescription. Yeah. So there's no prescription. doesn't matter how long this goes back. Any sexual Absolutely. conduct, anything. Any, any, any sexual assault, conduct, any and sexual violence. And what, uh, what you told me as well is it's not confined to children. Mm. So you could have been 18 and you come out 30 years later. Absolutely. You can use the same thing. It's not prescribed. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, it's, it's, it's irrational that a 17 year old and 17 years old and 364 days year old person mm. and 18 year old and one day has to have a different law applied to them when it comes to sexual assault. Mm. Obviously, in certain cases, it can. For example, driver's licenses, mm. it, it does. But not when it comes to sexual assault when the effect is the same on anybody, whether it's a two year old, 16 year old. 25-year-old. No, no, not taking into account the mental damage that is going to actually leave. And it's mind. huge, yes. huge, huge damage. It's yeah. massive damage. I've seen it. I mean, it's massive, massive trauma. It, I, you know, when I first saw the plaintiffs, I, I can honestly say to you that it, they looked, their eyes looked empty. It was, it was the most horrible, mm-hmm. terrible feeling to, to look into. It was looking into, if you look at a, a, a an an animal whose eyes are just that this that a, a shining light, a car is coming a, along the road and they're about to be hit by a car. Wow. Deer that, in the headlights. Yeah. Deer in the headlights, hundred percent. Okay. Ian, let's talk. So, criminal, we understand. I think we've got it from you. There's no prescription. 
and uh, it's open forever. Yes. Let's talk about the civil claim. Now, we know that normally if you buy something from a store and you don't pay or you go to a lawyer and you don't pay, they've got to sue you within three years. Correct. Otherwise, it's prescribed. Correct. There are exceptions, but we're not going to go into that. Yes. Generally, it's prescribed. Correct. What about this? So you're one of the first people that we, I can tell you about this, um, that we are investigating now quite seriously in a, um, a point of view that two senior counsels have said that it is very good, it would be a very good argument, mm. that um, um, sec- that prescription of these sexual assault cases would uh, also um, not uh, be... Be uh, uh, there anymore, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrase. Um, this is very fresh off the um, of the the charts, and a lot of uh, information is a lot of studies is still going to be doing that. Uh, I can tell you that I will be letting you know uh, if and when a, 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 very soon, if and when a, 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 it will also be a constitutional court challenge. But the law as it stands now. The lawyers that stand Sorry, now. isn't there a case of Esme Fonsale? Exactly. Uh, what, that's a 2004 case that I know about. Correct, that's right. Where she got damages, didn't she? So. What, what is that case about? So that's exactly the, 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 um, scenario which governs prescription now. Yeah. What happens, what happened with that case is it also happened decades after, um, the, the the incident. Mm. What then happened was that the um, suspect or the accused said, at that stage, that um, uh, there, there was a prescription and w- there was prescription, yes. not only prescription, but that uh, he wouldn't be afforded a, f- a fair trial because it had taken place so so many years uh, later. Yeah. The courts have already acknowledged the the effect of um, the the delay. And, uh, the effect of sexual abuse and the delay that, uh, is, is a result thereof and said that whilst they will stick to the three years, it mm. will only be from the time that the survivor has realized that the crime, a crime has, has con- contemplated the crime that has been com- committed against them. That is them. so interesting. Mm. So yeah. it can be 30 years that the person can, 30 years later, just as in, the, the the Franco case, which is proceeding on the civil case, yeah. we're saying that um, the three years only um, commenced, uh, that the summons was within the three years of yeah. them contemplating that a crime had been committed yeah. against them. So it still can be decades later, but you've still got the three years from, from the time that you contemplated a crime. So what does contemplate really mean? That hasn't been tested in the, terms of evidence. This is the whole. This, this is the whole issue, isn't it? This will be the first time that. How it's do you happen. quantify? I mean, somebody, God forbid, has been abused. How do you quantify what damage they suffer? I mean, it, it could run. I, it's millions. It's okay. millions and millions. Gary, I can yeah. tell you that I've I've struggled with that that issue for for a long time, yeah. and uh, I'm. Uh, what I can say, and I don't want to say too much because this will be brought up in. Yeah, this and, and, is still and, and ongoing. Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you? How do you quantify somebody's life who has been not only been traumatized, mm. yeah. but has their, their life uh, chart, the chart of their life, the way they were going, their, their life is now materially different to where it was going to be. How do you ever, how do you determine a person's life that they can't form a meaningful relationship? Mm. They can't have a meaningful sexual relationship. Mm. They don't know their sexual identity. How do you put 500,000, 500, 5 million? We, we put a figure of 5 million in the summons because as you know, 
it, when you sue for damages, you have to put a figure. Yes. So each plaintiff was put at five million rand. But how do you quantify it? Mm. To me, it's very, very difficult, and that, that that will be a very big argument uh, in the court in 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 the court when it comes to judicial. Yeah, there's matter. a new concept called constitutional damages, which was raised very recently in the Issa Domeni yes. uh, hearings. Remember yes, that, yes, Lance, no, I remember. where the families. Who lost? Remember the the their loved they, ones. they lost their loved ones. How did you put a figure on that? And the arbitrator, Judge Mosineke, said he put a figure of a million rand constitutional damages. So there's a there's a concept to our listeners of constitutional damages, which is not like your old fashioned damages in a road accident or anything Correct. like that. It's it's it's. Um, so that's quite uh, interesting. We yeah. actually also thought of um, adding a, a, a claim for constitutional damages. Mm. But um, what, what's uh, largely the law before the Essidemeni life tragedies, what happened yeah. there was that, and what the constitutional court damages is really for, is where you don't have an alternative avenue mm. to claim damages. So we have decided that it would be equally difficult to say what are our constitutional damages. Mm. So we're going to say, listen, our, we've suffered this, this terrible, terrible damage, this trauma. Um, we're going to leave it to the court, really, which obviously we do. Everyone has to, to, mm. to determine what that figure might be. Has there ever been an apology? Well, worse than that. Oh. There's, uh, there's been a denial, but it's, it's the most bizarre plea um, or the bizarre defense. What it is is it's a defense that says, I didn't do it, mm. but even if I did do it, your case is prescribed. What? So I mean, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. I, I, so there could never be an apology because there's a denial that it ever happened, kind a, of thing. Absolutely. In the face of eight people actually coming forward and suing, absolutely. there's a denial. Yeah. There's a, and, and there's yeah. overwhelming evidence. There's tape recordings that were obtained, and uh, even in the face of the tape recordings, there were. The this constant, is all part of the court record. We're not okay. talking out of turn here. No, no, no. It's yeah. all part of the case record, and yeah. uh, it's all been dis. Um, the tape recordings have been disclosed, mm. and notwithstanding that, there's still this the, this denial. Notwithstanding that he's passed away, there's still a denial. Mm. And, but it's a it's a it's, it's it's a denial with a. But even if you prove it, it's prescribed. I mean, I've never heard of a, a, a defence yeah. like that. I guess what will be argued, the law will be argued in the, uh, in the on the one hand, and then the amount, the quantum, is going to be an issue. And that's uh, that's a big that's a big claim. Correct. That sets the standard here. Your case. Correct. I mean, you are setting, you are making law here. Correct. Because you've changed the criminal conduct uh, of well, the criminal side of the law, and now it's going to be the civil. If somebody abuses you, what 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 can you get out of them? If you want to go for money, you know that's so. So there's and sorry, and sometimes money is. Claiming the money is where it hurts the person the most when you hit their pockets. Yes. So People often say it's not about the money, but mm-hmm. it is about the money. It really is. Not necessarily in your pocket, but how it affects them. Correct. So if an older uncle has abused you before and he's got his pension fund or he's got a house that's fully paid for, sue the bastard. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. so that's exactly the, 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 the the power of this of these cases that uh, the criminal and civil what we're bringing, mm. because we want to make it want they want to make a statement they want mm. to say listen, the time for abusing is over, mm. you know the window for opportunity to escape the twenty years is gone. Mm. I'm telling you what you've done you're going to be caught. Mm. There's going to be criminal consequences. There's going to be civil consequences. Whatever de- uh, smart defences you think you could have had years ago 
it's over. Mm. New people, new pedophiles. This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to go down criminally. You're going to go down civilly. This is the message that my clients, the plaintiffs, want to to impress upon all those pedophiles who are out there. They know who they are, whether they're listening or not. This is what's going to happen mm. to them. And there are millions of them, lines. There are people that we don't even know about Certainly. that are running around. In, in suburbs, in townships all over the place yeah. that are touching our children. That must stop, obviously. No, certainly. But I think what is also happening in this regard is just actually empowering people with the, uh, with the knowledge to simply say that if somebody has done something wrong to me, at least I can still rely exactly. on the law. And which is quite a kudos to you and your team for Thank doing you. this because this is what we actually need in our country. This is what our people need mostly, especially people in the rural areas, people in the township areas where you'd find that they do, cannot even access the doors of justice. And once they know something of this nature is actually available, they can now know that there are uh, places, uh, legal clinics such as pro bono clinics where they can actually get legal help for free. So if, on that basis, I had a call from, um, I won't mention his name, but he, he actually gave me the consent to mention his name. In fact, he was uh, one of the headlines of the Saturday Star a couple of months ago where he had heard about this case and he was sexually abused by um, a number of priests in Johannesburg. He was a street child. He was involved in, in politics in, in the 80s and he was forced out onto the streets, picked up by, by a whole lot of priests in, 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 in town. And they facilitated this, allegedly, they facilitated this this uh, uh, continuation of abuse because they allowed this, specifically this child, to have a bed in the priest's room, which was at that stage, even at that stage, forbidden. So he, he found this case. He found me. He was, um, he had no money. He came to me. I arranged for... Um, for counseling to be paid for by the, for the diocese. Mm. At, so even that, and as a part me, you must read the, the you must see the, the, the messages that he's given me, how his life has even changed just from that. Point. So when it, it's not only about the money, it's an empowerment. Exactly, exactly. what you said. Ian, and, is there anyone you want to thank, um, either part of your team or Teddy Bear Clinics or whoever it may be? Who do you want to thank that supported you and made this happen? Uh, it's, it's a team effort. Uh, the Anton Katz was was phenomenal. Mm. The lawyers in my my firm, Sajja Samrod and Angelique, Angelique Sharilambos. Um, I'm I'm so scared to, to even to answer this question out, because yeah, I know that I'm probably going to leave uh, yeah. people out. Leave yeah. Frank and advocate Lee Frank. Yeah. These were people who at the time said, "Whatever it, it doesn't matter. Let's just go for it. You've got no money. This is just, it's just the right thing to do." Yeah. yeah. And I think we need loyalists like like those who can actually just forget about the money, but just look at the justice and the injustice that have actually taken place in our communities. And kudos to you, Gary, because such platforms actually creates uh, send out the message so that people become very empowered and they know what to do. Because without information, people don't know what to do. Lance is an essay, and you're a mm. pro- prolific reader. Maybe have a look at it. And to our listeners, it's called "Stalking the Bogeyman." It's about the solace of revenge mm. and how a man plotted lines to murder his childhood abuser. And it's been critically acclaimed. It's, it's something, uh, just uh, Google, it's become a play, Stalking the Bogeyman, how people get so incensed and are so upset that they plot to, to kill their abuser, which I'm sure 
your clients and everyone would feel they actually want to wring their neck and strangle them to death. Oh, yeah. I, guess. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's too it, horrific to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. something that you don't want to say it out in public, but sometimes you do feel that rage. I can, I can imagine yeah. the rage at that point in I time. I say that I to sleep with it. I wake up with it. Yeah. Everything that happens, and a lot of the time, that's why when I say it changes the, the, the course of one's life, they, they, bec- they abuse alcohol, drugs, yes. to get away from that constant. Uh, albatross that's, that's sitting on there strangling them. Mm. That, that is, uh, uh, and, and that leads to the, if I can't get any redress through the law, mm. this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to plot to kill the person. Certainly. We've been talking to Ian Levitt. He's an attorney in Santa. And before we let you go, anything you want to add, Ian? I do want to add, and it's, and it's, uh, and it's in answer to and supplementing my answer to you about who else I want to thank. I want to really thank the media. Mm. The media, um, took it on. Nosewick took it on before they, they said, listen, they, they weren't, they weren't going to have to wait before a summons was going to be issued. Mm-hmm. I understand why the other immediate would. Uh, Mandy Wiener, 702, there was, um, even you, even doing the show, exactly mm-hmm. what, what, Lionel, what you said earlier about it, the empowerment, this, this type of message, mm-hmm. this type of message, instead of the message of being traumatized, going to waking up, going to sleep with the trauma, waking up, you're hearing this and saying, you know what, I'm actually going to do something mm-hmm. about it and I can do something about it. So thank, th- you. Uh, thank you to, to, I really do thank you to the media, Anton Harbour, also President John Robbie, and that, that we all know it's a very important thing and I'm, I'm glad to have been part of it. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. And thank you for joining us uh, in depth. I think this is your first in depth on the radio, uh, mm-hmm. Cliff Central. Yeah, we always get the best people here on our show. They're all right. Yeah, Lions, yeah. I think that we should say to our listeners, to all the people that have not been able to find justice, and now the legal door is open, Certainly. and no matter how long ago the tragedy, it's all yours now. Certainly. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Just remember our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, and lines the Twitter handle quickly. At Hertzlaw, H-U-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Ian, thank you so very much for the wonderful work that you've been doing. Good, cool. See you next time. Thank you. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. On cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.